I'm, I'm a little bit nervous this morning. Um, nobody's noticed. The glasses owners, you understand this. I've got new glasses. And nobody's noticed. Not that I'm insulted. No, no, I know you didn't notice. Nobody, nobody noticed. Spent a blooming fortune on them and nobody commented. But then the new... Um, Thank you, Danielle. Well spotted. Um, a sign of my increasing age, I have to wear these very focal things now that mean well, as you move your head, everything moves. And I haven't preached with, new, with, with them yet. The very first time I got very focal lenses, I, I got up and I preached. And as soon as I finished, I went out and threw up. Because all morning, all the, all the words were moving. and all Because every time you do this, the focus changes. And I've got new lenses again, so I'm already thinking, oh, blind me, that Danish pastry might have been a mistake. Whoa. So, you know, it's, not, it's nothing to do with you. I, I love how the, um, the sort of making space for the worship, it's really good to see. Well done. I know you might be like, oh, it's a bit strange and everything else. We know if everybody's here now, and, not, you know, there's about six or seven people not here, we, we haven't got room to worship how we want to worship, which is one we're praying for a building and, you know, keeping declaring into that. So we're trying to get you to sort of make space. And I know you might, oh, I'm going to hide at the edges. No, don't do that. Come and join in. And it's fun. Kids, you were so good this morning. All you lot, listen to me for a minute. Look up. You did a brilliant job. You were dancing and singing, and it was brilliant to see. I did. I think there was a little bit of an argument between a brother and sister about the colour of a ribbon, but, you know, that's just... That's just normal. Kids in, a, in a, kids, in a little bit, you will need to pay attention to me. Not quite yet. I'll tell you when. But something will happen, and I guarantee you will be interested in the results. Okay? And it, it might involve something that you like, which might be something to do with chocolate, because it's Easter, and it's got to be something to do with chocolate. Anyway, it, because it's Easter, I'm not, um, I'm not particularly going to do discussion groups this morning. Um, you might be delighted at that, I don't know, but I'm not going to do them. But if you want, as ever, if there's a question, if you want to interrupt, if I say something and you're like, I have no idea what he's going on about, ask. And it's, There's no point me speaking if you don't understand. There's no point me just prattling on and you're like, what on earth is he going on about? Ask me and I will try and explain it again. I'd rather you stopped and went away knowing that you've got it than me just you know, wasting my breath. I mean, I might be wasting my breath anyway, but who knows, you know. So we're not, we're not going to do discussion groups, but as ever, interrupt. And there are, there are some very nice, very large Danish pastries in there. Um, we went to Costco yesterday on the way home from being somewhere in Manchester. Very cheap petrol, very good, but also good pastries. So, my love, you just need to turn me down a bit on the iPad. I'm a bit boomy. That's AT clip. Just slow me down a little bit. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Cool, okay. Um, I did debate. I was like, you know, well, it's Easter and it's, it's such a too, too much now. Too much, Liz. Too much, they can't hear me now. We'll get there. Um, I did debate, you know, do I do my normal, welcomed, delightful jokes? And I thought, maybe I should give you a Sunday off, because, it, you know, it's Easter and it, it's all about Jesus. And I thought, no, I get to say it, so I'm going to do it. So, I found stir-fry all over my bed this morning. What? I found stir-fry all over my bed. I've been sleepwalking again. Been sleepwalking. Oh, it's brilliant. Okay, one for the sports fans. Not everybody will get this, but one for the sports fans. So I was playing a game of golf with my dad when my dad accidentally fell on top of me. I was definitely under par. Oh. 
I really should have found some better ones for Easter Sunday. So now, I do quite like that one. I was definitely under par. I thought that was quite good. Oh. Yes, indeed. Indeed, yes. yes. I, I can't, I'm not certain I can disagree too, too much with that. Although, to be fair, seeing some of the ones that you post on the group, John, you're a fine one. To t- <laughs> Where there's a certain kindred spirit going on at the sort of the level. Anyway, so here we are again. That's the challenge, isn't it? Here we are again. It's Easter Sunday. Oh, we do this every year. And we can, we can do the worship and everything else, but we've done it all before. We must never let that take away the wonder of today. We are sat at the centre point of time. That's what Easter is. It's the point around which all the rest of history revolves. I know we think, you know, time flowing from from when we were born to being slightly older to, you know, needing varifocals and everything else. And and we think time goes like that. It's linear for us. It's not like that for God. He is above all our plans and purposes. Easter is the centre point of history. It's the centre point of his plan that he always had, always had to bring all of creation back to him. It's not an accident. I've heard some people say, you know, well, plan A was the Garden of Eden and plan B was the death and resurrection of Jesus. No, no, no. The plan was always the same. He always knew his people would need purchasing back. All the Eden story tells us that if you look into it in detail, actually. This is the centre point of history. This is the impact point of God's glory and goodness from which the entirety of history ripples out. A historian, a a theologian rather said, always measure your life by how near you stay to the death and resurrection of Jesus. Don't measure your life by whether you've got bigger or wiser or older or stronger or greyer or fatter or thinner. Measure your life by how near you stay to the events, the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, because this is the centre point of history. When God's plan to redeem and recreate the whole world is created. Because Jesus' death and resurrection changes everything. I find it ironic that, you know, we we make our calendar, don't we, in a number of years from, from when he was born. Which is odd in a way because we get it wrong anyway. We're out by about four years. So Jesus was born four years before he was born. So I've got news for you. It's really about 2027. Sorry, you've all aged by four years. No, no, because <laughs> you were born four years later as well. Actually, I think the calendar should start at Easter. Because Easter is when everything changes. Jesus' death and resurrection is what shows that Jesus is who he said he is. He's already shown it in healings, in wonders, in how he speaks. He makes no doubt, actually. But the final nail in the coffin of any doubt about who Jesus is, is his death and resurrection, both put together. He can't be resurrected if he hasn't died. But it's his resurrection that shows that he is Lord over life and death. The New Testament makes clear that the resurrection is the centre of our faith and it turns the world upside down and inside out. It changes everything. 
in the first speech that Peter, Peter, this fisherman who keeps putting his foot in his mouth and says the wrong thing and does the wrong thing and says, you know, I'll be there forever with you, Jesus, and then denies him three times. This, this probably on one level quite shy bloke who, who nervously tries to do the things that other people don't do, he transformed by the events of Easter, gets up and says, Acts 2.24, the first speech that Peter gives, it'll come up on the PowerPoint, but God released him, Jesus, from the horrors of death and raised him back to life, for death could not keep him in its grip. I love that imagery. Death has no power, it's clinging on by its fingernails. And it has no grip on the risen Jesus Christ. Why? Because he has proved he is exactly who he said he was. The sinless son of God, whose sin and death have no hold on. But what's the centre point for Peter? Raised him back to life. The resurrection. He has raised him back to life. What's the reaction? Acts 4 verse 2. The leaders were very disturbed that Peter and John were teaching the people that through Jesus there is resurrection of the dead. They didn't mind them talking about him as the miracle worker. They probably got used to that. They certainly wouldn't mind him talking about him as the one who died because, well, they did it, so that was good proof. But when they start talking about the fact that Jesus has been raised from the dead, that's what sets the cat amongst the pigeons. Because the next thing that happens is they get arrested. Why? Because they have been speaking about Jesus being raised from the dead. Now, if you want a theological explanation for that, the Jews believed that when the dead were raised, that was the start of the end days, the last days of, the, of, the, of earth. And whoever did that was the Messiah. That, that was the point. That whoever, whoever was raised from the dead must be the Messiah. If they were talking about resurrection, they were bringing the end days into action. That meant whoever did that was the Messiah. So when Peter and James get up and say he was raised from the dead... He's saying to all the rulers, all the reigners, all the teachers, all the lawyers, all the people who thought they knew it all, Jesus is the Messiah. That's why they react so much. Because he's saying something which is scandalous for them. If Jesus has been raised, then there is no longer any doubt about who he is. They react so strongly. The disciples' message is all about the resurrection. Acts 4.33, the apostles testified powerfully to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and God's great blessing was upon them all. I think there's a clue in that verse. How do you want to get God's great blessing? Talking about Jesus being being resurrected. Focus on the risen, death-defying, sin-beating Jesus. That's how you got, get God's blessing on all. Because by doing that, you are saying that he is Lord. He is Christ. Jesus Christ. Christ isn't Jesus' second name. It's his title. It means he is the anointed one of God. Same as the Messiah. Messiah, Christ are the same word. Messiah in Hebrew, Christ in Greek. They both mean the anointed, appointed one of God. He is who he said he is because of today. 
Paul is no less clear. Let there be no distinction between the apostles who walked the earth at the time that Jesus was discipling, ministering in Galilee, and Paul, who was probably a little bit further away. When he was in Athens, which was the Greek city full of philosophers and brainiacs, a bit like Oxford and Cambridge, the leaders there sneer at him and react to him and call Paul, the literal word they call him is a gutter snipe. Somebody who lives in the gutter, a gutter snipe. Why? Acts 17, verse 32, rather. At the phrase, raising him from the dead, the listeners split. Some laughed at him and walked off making jokes. And others said, let's do this again. We want to hear more. The resurrection will always cause a reaction. You will either get the reaction of, oh, it can't be true. You're talking nonsense. Or you will get the, hang on, do you mean he really did come back from the dead? Tell me more about that. Because this is what makes Jesus unique. This is what makes him above all. When, when Paul wants to summarise his message to the troublesome church in Corinth that he has this rather complicated relationship with, he says, 1 Corinthians 15 verse 3, I passed on to you what was most important and what had been passed on to me. Christ died for our sins, just as the scripture said. He was buried and he was raised from dead, or from the dead on the third day, just as the scriptures said. I passed on to you what was most important to me. What is the centre of the Christian message? Jesus is Lord because... Why? He died for our sins according to the scriptures. He was buried and he was raised from the dead on the third day. The central message of the apostles is Jesus died and rose again. Everything they think and flow and do, flow in and do comes not from the idea. It's not an idea. It's an experience. They have seen the risen Jesus. Actually, that's what marks them out as apostles. That's one of the ways that you you had to be classified as an apostle. You had to have seen the risen Jesus. That's why Paul's encounter on the road to Damascus and later on is so important. Because he says, I saw the risen Jesus. To be an apostle, you had to have spent time with the Jesus who was raised from the dead. This changes everything. Some of you know this. I've... I've, um, when I wake up in the middle of the night, I wake up too early in the morning, I quite often listen to podcasts. Um, and I listen to loads of Christian teaching, John Mark Comer, Bill Johnson, all sorts of stuff. But I've also got into this brilliant podcast called um, The Rest is History. It's Tom Holland and another guy called Dominic, and I can never remember his surname. And they discuss points of history. So they've been doing the rise and fall of the Roman Republic and the Hundred Year War and the princes in the tower. And it's, it's always really, really interesting. But what I find really interesting, Tom Holland is a world-renowned historian. He's um, what's called a classicist. So he, he learned Greek and Roman history. And he can quote all these dates and everything else. And he's, he's, you know, he's Oxford trained. He was a don in Oxford. He's extremely well-known, extremely well-respected. And I've just got a book of his. It's called Dominion. Dominion. He's not, he's not a Christian. 
but his premise is you cannot go anywhere in the western world without encountering the rule and reign of the man who died on a cross 2000 years ago he's not a christian and he writes and says, if you've been to school, if you go to hospital, if, you're, if you live under a civil government, if you've got pavement on your streets and tarmac on your roads, it's all because of what Jesus started when he died and rose again. History changed because of that. A non-Christian writes and says that. Me, I'm like, is that near to the kingdom? Come on, get him. It's amazing to me. He writes and says that. And it's really interesting as well, because in the opening chapter, he, he, world-renowned historian, he basically says, don't waste my time telling me that Jesus didn't live and that a man called Jesus didn't die on the cross and that three days later the tomb was empty. Do not argue the facts with me. It, it, to say anything other than Jesus lived, Jesus died, and that three days later the tomb was empty is unhistorical nonsense. That's a non-Christian writing that a non-christian writes and says that a, a world-renowned historian says don't don't waste my your breath telling me it didn't happen i know those i'm like well come on then tom commit your life but isn't it fascinating he says the whole of society is influenced and impacted and changed because of the events of easter oh, that's amazing The events, the encounter that the apostles have with the risen Jesus is what sends them out. It's what turns this group of frightened, not very insightful, clearly not understanding what was going on, group of people into the group of people who go and change the world. Jesus was raised from the dead. The Christians, the earliest Christians, lived and died by it. Jesus is Lord because he was raised from the dead. But just let, let's be clear what resurrection means. Because I actually think sometimes people get this confused. Jesus was resurrected never to die again. He didn't survive the agony of the cross. Romans were too good at killing for that. He wasn't resuscitated from the dead. Like Lazarus in John 11 or the widow at Nairn's son in Luke 7. They both died again. John Stott, another great theologian, um, hero of mine, puts it like this. God performed, should come on, a dramatic act by which he arrested the process of decay, decomposition and corruption, rescued Jesus out of the realm of death and transformed his body into a new vehicle for his personality so that he had a new power and was now immortal, never to die again. That is something new that, is n that never had happened before and has never yet happened since. It is something new that has never happened before, even to Enoch, and will never happen, has not so far happened again. It will happen again because it will happen to each one of us. That's the promise. That's where we're going. Deaths, Jesus' death and resurrection are the centre point of our faith. From this point on, we know the end of the story. He won. Not he will win. 
not even he is winning. He has won. Hear that? He has won. Death has been beaten. It's only a matter of time now. He has won. Can you say it with me? He has won. It's not that he is winning. It's not that he will win. He has already. It's finished. He said it all. He paid for it all. He died from it all. And then he rose again from it all. Kids, you need to listen. On the cross, he said, it is finished. And we give Easter eggs, don't we? Because we remember, oh, it's all about a sign of new life. Do you want to know what God, did, what Jesus did to death? He did this. Oh, now there's, yes. now there's chocolate all over the floor. Who's going to get it? On, the floor's come pretty on. clean. Come on. Come on, come on, come on. There's chocolate okay. all over the floor. There's a big bit over here. Come on, there's a big bit over there. Quick, quick. Adults, I, I thought you adults might join in as well. <laughs> Sorry, we're going to have to back it off afterwards in a minute. Sorry, but you know. Do you want to know what? That should be our reaction. Look, oh, there's something good. I want to go and get it. There's something that tastes good, that is fun, that is life, especially because it's got crackling bits in it as well. Any left from any left for me by any chance? Oh, no, okay, that's fine. <laughs> Jesus destroyed death. When the tomb cracks open, it is the end because Jesus has won. Colossians 2.15 says, He disarmed the rulers and authorities and made a public example of them having triumphed over them. Triumphed, past tense. Not going to, not is triumphing, has already triumphed over them. We know what victory looks like. It looks like the resurrected Jesus who smashes the who smashes death to pieces who breaks its impact and its effect it may look like the world is falling apart but at the increase of his government there will be no end it may seem like there is a lot of bad news, but we go from glory to glory. That's what scripture says, and I want to believe it. It may seem like a struggle, but since that time, the kingdom of God is advancing, and people are pushing their way into it. This is the heart of the good news, and it's why we do what we do. It's fascinating to me because it, it got picked up on, actually, in the words after the end of the worship. We pray for the sick because we know he has already won. Yeah, come on. We come to bring that victory into the reality of people's lives. And if we don't see it there and then, then we keep on going. 
I always say to people, pray for the sick until they get healed, Jesus comes back, they die, or you die. Because those are the only four things that should stop you. Pray for the sick until they get healed, Jesus comes back, they die, or you die. Actually, I would argue that even death can be a part of the healing process and resurrecting into life, new life for those who know Jesus anyway. So death isn't something that we should be scared of. Early death is a different thing. But we pray for the sick because Jesus has won. We go out on the streets treasure hunting and doing hots and clapping people with our celebration tunnels and everything else because Jesus has won. We sing and worship together and gather around his presence because he has already won. Because that's what makes him king. That's why we're here. We know what the future looks like. It looks like the resurrected Jesus coming back to claim what he has paid for and breathing with him what he has already accomplished. The recreation and reclamation of all life into his rule and reign. Easter is the centre of our faith. The reason we gather, the reason we go, and the only reason we need to proclaim that Jesus is Lord and that there is no other. This is good news. Death has been smashed to pieces. And it looks and tastes like something good. He has won. Now I know you might be sat there thinking, but why is it that then I am still waiting for this? I don't know, but I know he's won. And I know the only thing to do is to keep your eyes and your heart on the risen Jesus. I know some of you are like, well, I'm in pain. I understand that. I know that he paid for all pain to finish. So we need to keep pushing in and pursuing his presence and power. Because I will not lower my expectation to my experience. I have to raise my expectation to the life and death and and rising again of Jesus Christ. So I will never stop wanting to say he has done enough. He has paid enough and he has won. Our job is to bring that victory and to keep on carrying it, even when it might be hard, even when it might be difficult. So I invite you this morning to remember he has won. Whatever your circumstance, whatever unanswered prayer, Whatever emotional, spiritual or physical pain, whatever broken relationship, whatever you are lacking, he has won. So why don't you stand with me? And if you're in a place of victory and delight, then just simply be claiming he has won. He has won and I want to see it. If you're in the place of but my circumstance says this, then hear the words of truth that this day releases. He has won. If you're in an unanswered prayer, go on, do you want to ask me something? Okay. Um, sorry, do you, why, the children were listening to you, so I just wanted to break it down to their level. Yeah. Because um, one of the parts is destroying the, the devil, and the yep. axe is the chocolate to the devil. 
no, the, 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 the chocolate is, is, is the life coming forth from the tomb. It's the, it's the, the result of death being broken. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Okay. Sure, absolutely. Yeah, of course. Absolutely. No, it's great to ask. So, kids, what we're looking at, why, I'm giving, why, the, why I was breaking open the chocolate, is I'm saying to you that Jesus was re- came back from the dead. So, death is destroyed. And the goodness of God that comes from that, from death being broken apart, is what you were all eating when you were eating the chocolate. So I'm using the chocolate to be a sign of God's goodness that comes from Jesus having broken death. Does that make sense? Does that add up? So he breaks open his life and goodness by destroying death. And the chocolate exploding is an example of that. It's not, yes, I want you to enjoy the chocolate and I want you to eat it, but we're eating it as a sign and a symbol that Jesus broke death and released life. Does that make sense? Are you all right? Cool. Always come and talk to me again. I, I love people doing that. If it's not at the right level, you need to ask. We can go over it again. So whatever your circumstance you're in, I invite you to encounter him this morning. I want to read... Um, if you know me, you know I love words. And I've, I've found this poem before, but I found it again. And I want just to pray, really use it as a prayer over you. So do what you need to do to be in that prayerful position. If it's shut your eyes, shut your eyes. If it's just put your hands out in front of you, put your hands out in front of you, whatever it might want to be for you. If it's eyes wide open and arms wide open, that's fine as well. But listen to this. I woke in a place that was dark. The air was spicy and still. I was bandaged from head to foot the morning that death was killed. I rose from a mattress of stone. I folded my clothes on the sill. I heard the door rolling open the morning that death was killed. I walked alone in the garden. The birds in the branches trilled. It felt like a new beginning the morning that death was killed. Mary, she came there to find me. Peter with wonder was filled and John came running and jumping the morning that death was killed. My friends were lost in amazement. My father I knew was thrilled. Things were never the same again after the morning that death was killed. This is our good news. There is no one like Jesus. This is the morning that death was killed and he has won. Amen. As ever, if you want prayer, if you want to stand with us, somebody to stand with you in that process of waiting to see his victory applied into your direct circumstance, we would love to pray with you. We will be back next week with the global team and we will still be celebrating the same thing because the reason we meet on any Sunday is because of his death and resurrection. So go and have a wonderful Easter. Enjoy hot cross buns or whatever else it is you're going to be doing. But remember, death was killed today and he has won.